Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Our text today from Romans, the, the fifth chapter. God shows his love for us and this, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Dear friends of Christ, it's Lent. Now I want you to think, uh, uh, you know, or I like to think about myself that if given enough time, <laughs> I can fix anything right? I'd like to think that, but it's not true. Matter of fact, I can't fix anything. However, I like to pay people to fix things that I can't, and I I know who they are, so I can look them up and give them a call. If you're a do-it-yourselfer, good for you, but you know what? Those type of things bother me. I I don't even want to be a do-it-yourselfer, so that's, I look for others to pay them what I, to do what I can't. The other thing I can't do for myself well, I can't fix myself. I'm filled with sin and I'm broken. The Bible says we all are. And there's no one who can fix that problem. And you can't fix it yourself by you know, being good or being better. We're all doomed. There's no way out. Only God has that kind of power. And thanks be to God, He has sent His Son Jesus And that's what this is about. We need a spiritual fix-it man. And Jesus is just that. And so our theme, the fix-it man. Sin is indeed a huge problem. And whether the world wants to acknowledge it or not, and most of the world doesn't acknowledge it, we're all broken. We need something desperately, and without it we will be lost. We will be damned. We all sin, we all get angry, we all get selfish. The Bible says we're under God's wrath, we're under His judgment, we're under His punishment, we're under the curse. And are you able to fix that problem? No. No way. We can't begin to fix this problem of sin. How do I know that? Because God says so. Again, we can't fix ourselves no matter how many laws or rules we think we've obeyed. That's why we have Jesus. And that's why we have the season of Lent. And that's why we we have the cross as Jesus makes His journey to the cross for us to fix our problem. The good news? That Jesus has taken on Himself your problem of sin. He's the fix-it man. And He came to fix you. To make you better. To fix us all. And by His blood, the blood He shed on that cross, His blood purifies us from all sin. While we were still sinners, God's love comes because Christ died for us. And in our epistle lesson, he calls it justification. As believers, we're justified by faith. And again, it's that central teaching of the Christian church, the main one, that, our, that God declares us holy the blood of Jesus. Sinless. By His blood, sin is destroyed. That's justification by faith. It's by faith because we believe it's to be true. By being declared made perfect through Jesus. As Christians, we believe that is true. And as believers, we can be absolutely certain. Are you absolutely certain that God loves us? 
that Jesus fixed us? Absolutely certain that Jesus is a spiritual fix-it man, our Savior? St. Paul talks about it. Since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. You know, as Christians, we have a priceless possession. You can't put money on it. It's our faith. It saves us. Saving faith. And because of that saving faith, we have peace. I can be, and I am, absolutely certain. Why? God said so. God promised Jesus died to seal it. And he rose to prove it. I've been made right with God. But you didn't fix yourself. God fixed you. God fixed you through your faith. You've been justified through Jesus alone. Now, the biblical word for justification means you're declared not guilty. That's what that biblical word means as we unpack it. God simply looks at you, though he knows you're guilty, says you're not. But it's not quite so easy. In order to be spiritually free, blood has to be shed. A price has to be paid. A Savior has to come. The fix-it man needs to show up to declare us not guilty. Unfortunately, we are guilty. We sin. We hurt others. We hurt ourselves. We hurt God. We're broken. We can't fix ourselves. Paul, Paul says it this way, None, No one can never be made right in God's sight by doing what the law commands. I say it this way, we can't fix ourselves. Paul continues, God's rules, God's laws serve only to make us see that indeed we are sinners. Now, we can't fix our problem by simply living a better life. People think that. I'll just, I'll just, I'll try harder. It doesn't work. You can't fix yourself. Why? Because Paul says so. All people have sinned, and all people fall short of the glory of God. Falling short of God's glory. It's like, it's like taking, think of this, you know, you're, you're doing archery, and you take an arrow, and there's a bullseye, there's a target, and you have to hit that bullseye every single time. You miss it once, and you're damned. That's the idea of hitting the mark. And that's what God is talking about. Romans 3 talks about how we've all sinned, missed the mark. All are justified because the Bible says this also. However, even though we miss the mark, all are justified freely by His grace through the redemption that came by Jesus Christ. So there's that important Bible word again. Freely justified. Freely declared sinless. Freely declared innocent. We miss the mark. But Christ hit the mark for us. And he credits his good markmanship to our account. We then are justified. We then made perfect. We stand redeemed, fixed before God. The price has been paid and the forgiveness has been secured. And now, because of all that, we have peace with God. And Paul talks about that. Through whom we have gained access into this grace in which we now stand. That word, I, I love that word, access. We've now gained access. Have you ever get, been somewhere where you're not gained access? They don't let you in? That's frustrating. Where the door's locked, or there's a gate, and, and you don't get access. 
And it would be devastating if that were true of the Christian faith of God, wouldn't it? No access. But there is access. Now think of a door that leads to God's grace. Jesus says of himself, he says, I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved. Jesus makes it clear, I'm the fixed man. I'll take care of this. And God's grace surrounds us all the time. We're surrounded by his love. You have access to God. Unfortunately, so many of us doubt all that. We have paths. We know God's laws. We know his rules. God makes it clear if you do this, you die. We've done those things. And we doubt God. We doubt his promises. Have you ever been disappointed in life? Disappointed in God? Question him? Be truthful. It happens to all of us. Sinners doubt. Has a spiritual fix-it man fixed me? Has he fixed you? How do you know? In our Old Testament lesson, we see God's people and they're doubting. Great stories of history today. You've got Jesus at the well with the woman and you've got Moses hitting the rock at Horeb. Those are great stories. Great history. And the people were doubting because they had left Egypt. And now they're wandering in the wilderness and of course it's the desert. They're thirsty. I'd be thirsty too. And the people started grumbling and complaining. They doubted God's provision. They doubted whether what God's intent was good for them. They questioned God's presence even. They wanted water. So God tells Moses to strike the big rock, and immediately when he does, suddenly flowing from the rock was a river. A river that watered for all to drink in the desert. God proved himself again. Moses said God called the name of the place Massah and Meribah. Masa means testing. Meribah means quarreling. Because they were testing God and they were quarreling with God. That's why God called the name of the place Masa and Meribah because of the quarreling of the people of Israel and because they tested the Lord by saying, Is the Lord among us or not? Is the Lord among us or not? Is he here or not? Does he keep his promise or not? Can God fix us or not? This is the way sinners test the Lord. We test him with our incessant questions. Is Jesus with us? Well, he's God. God's always with us. We call him Emmanuel, which means what? God is with us. And he suffered and died that we might live in that blood and then live in that hope. And by that hope, we endure. That's why Paul wrote, we rejoice in our sufferings. Do you rejoice in your sufferings? Christians rejoice in their sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance. 
And as you persevere in that faith, perseverance produces character. And character, hope. And hope does not disappoint us. Because God has poured out His love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit whom He has given us. So there's, there's a sequence here. And it's progressive. <clears throat> Suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance then produces character. Character develops faith. And faith gives us that hope. Hope that Jesus is the fix-it man. Gives us salvation, hope for the future. Let me illustrate. It's March Madness, and some of you enjoy that time of year because the college basketball playoffs soon begin. And I want you to think about all those athletes that have been training. All the weights they've lifted, all the miles they've run. Working hard, training their bodies for this moment. Think about the suffering. Their suffering produced perseverance. It's good for the body. Their perseverance has produced a character so that they can now go compete and play. And that's the way it is for us. God allows pain in this life. That's difficult for some of you to imagine. God allows pain. Through suffering, He produces perseverance, faith. Perseverance produces character, a strength, an inner strength, a relying on God that Jesus is going to see you through. And you live with that certainty, perseverance, character, and then God fills you with peace because you have a hope, a certainty, a living hope. I'm certain. I have a fix-it man. But if you ever start to doubt, if you forget all that, the Holy Spirit, the Comforter, comes to remind you Jesus is your fix-it man, and this fix-it man does live in you, and he did suffer, and he did, uh, did die, and hope is alive in you. Hope lives in his people. You know, what has Jesus done? What has he done for you? Paul tells us, while we were still weak at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. Okay, are you ungodly? I know I am. Scripture says we're all ungodly. Even the great apostle Paul wrote, Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I'm the worst of them all. Yet you have a Savior. You have a fix-it man. And he writes your name on the palm of his hands. He holds you in the palm of his hands. He writes you in his will. And what does his will say? Jesus died to save lost and condemned creatures like me. Jesus died to fix you. And this knowledge, it fills us with peace. It gives us hope. But how can we know for certain? Again, Paul writes, very rarely will anyone die for a righteous man, a good man, although for a good man someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this while we were sinners. While we were ungodly. Christ died for us. 
And this knowledge fills us with peace. But how do we know for certain? While we were sinners, Christ fixed us. At the age of 17, Harold Jack Lucas became, became the youngest recipient of the government's Medal of Honor. And maybe you've heard about him before, but during World War II, he saved the lives of three other Marines. They were in a trench and a grenade was thrown in. He threw himself on top of the grenade. Another grenade was thrown in to the trench, of which he grabbed that grenade with his other hand and put it under his body. And then one of the grenades exploded, the other grenade did not. Jack lived. He survived all that. Although severely wounded. Yet it goes without saying that Lucas offered willingly his life to save his friends. Jesus has done that for us. His body, he threw his body on the cross where the grenade of God's anger and the grenade of God's wrath was poured out against him. His death and resurrection prove it. How do I know for certain? Again, Paul writes, Since we have now been justified by His blood, how much more shall we be saved from God's wrath through Him? We escape God's wrath because Jesus jumped on the grenade to save us. Have you ever heard that song? What can take away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can save us from God's wrath? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can save me from my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What fixes a broken soul? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. He is our spiritual fix-it man. And because of Jesus, we can confidently say, I have been saved. I am being saved. And I will be saved. That's what the woman at the well learned. Though a sinner, though guilty of adultery, though rejected by society, she was received by Jesus. He fixed all her woes. He cleansed her and set her free. And that's what Jesus has done for you. However, remember, you can't fix yourself by trying to be better. That's the bad news. But the good news? Jesus did it all for you. Amen. Now may the peace of God that passes all understanding keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus and the life everlasting. Amen.